You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily Arizona Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What are the chances that Cliff Kingsbury gets fired in 2021? It's the Locked On Cardinals podcast. Yeah, we're just going to drop that little nugget, start things out. Bo Brock, Alex Clancy. This episode of Locked On Cardinals, it's brought to you by Peacock and Williamson. NFL analyst Brian Peacock, former NFL scout Matt Williamson, they host Peacock and Williamson every Monday through Friday. Brian and Matt, they give you their national perspective around the NFL, covering the latest news and insight on every game, team, and move around the NFL. Oh, I'm sure they're deep diving the Arizona Cardinals' most uh, recent signing of a tight end. I bet they're spending the whole episode talking about Ross, Ross Travis uh, his the signing to the Arizona Cardinals. Get your picks, previews, much more every weekday with Peacock and Williamson's podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Subscribe wherever you get podcasts. Bo and Alex hanging out at Clancy's Corner. Follow Alex at Bob Rack to follow me at Lockdown AZ Cards to get our tweets and also to watch us live each and every weekday from about nine ten ish to. About 9.40-ish. We're just hanging out here talking Cardinals football. If you want to get into the show, you can do so. We've got a chat option if you're watching live. If you want to uh, get into the show after we've recorded, you can hit us up on Twitter, on Facebook. We are very responsive. We love to chat with anybody who's uh, talking Cardinals football. Uh, we will get into the Cliff Kingsbury bet online odds that uh, he's either on the hot seat or he's going to get fired. It's uh, he's, it, There's a pretty short list. And you kind of know the usual suspects. If you're the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys, you're on this list. It doesn't matter if you had a good season or a bad season. You're just like one bad move away from going into Jerry Jones's office and being fired. Uh, we're going to get into who the new tight end is. It's the Arizona Cardinals kind of getting a little creative, which is fun. It was something I was kind of banging the table for last week. Um, and then uh, we'll get into some cut candidates as well, Alex. Yeah, I mean, this is going to be an interesting shift from what we've talked about the last few days. This, These are like real conversations. Things are happening slowly but surely. OTAs are coming up. Things are really start well. And the, the whole cutback from OTAs, at least the Cardinals are going to have a handful. Cut back from 10 to 3 instead of, you know, other teams boycotting and not having any sort of uh, organized team activities uh, this part of the season. Uh, so that's good. It's a win. Um, there's not a, a mutiny about um, – so, th- so that's good. But, yeah. I mean, the Ross Travis thing is interesting, Bo, that we'll get into it. Uh, he didn't play college football. <laughs> so there's that. Right. And you have the broad spectrum of Tony Gonzalez, who played college basketball and football, drafted 13th overall in 1997, and Antonio Gates, who went to Kent State, played in the NCAA tournament, played basketball, didn't play college football, I don't believe. I don't think there's a college football team there. And then, Oh, yeah, um, there is. Oh, there is Kent State. Oh, yeah. What am I talking Julian about? Julian Edelman Sorry. went there and uh, what was it uh, the kick returner from yeah. uh, the Browns for so many years? Brain fart. Undrafted. That, that, my point is that there's a broad spectrum of, of um, tight ends that have had the same kind of plight as Ross Travis. It just depends on where he's going to land. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, the Arizona Cardinals are going to be searching unless they make a deal, unless they pull off a trade for uh, maybe a proven commodity as far as a pass catching tight end. They are going to have to throw a lot of mud to, at the wall and see what sticks as far as the position's concerned. Because, and I used mud and I could have used something else, a little stinkier that you throw at walls and see if that sticks. And we'll see if the Arizona Cardinals, you know, and also in this episode, we will put a button 
and kind of try to finalize our thoughts as far as the Julio Jones situation because he remains available as we're recording this right now on Wednesday morning. Um, we'll see if, you know, the, do Alex and I think that it's a, it's a realistic possibility? Um, is it something that Steve Kime needs to focus on and make happen? And uh, what, what does the deal look like? What are you comfortable with trading for? He's 32. He just turned 32. He's going to be 32 the entire 2021 season. So Julio Jones, if you're comfortable enough, what, what, what are you willing to part with for the, with the Arizona Cardinals. We will get into these Cliff Kingsbury odds here shortly, but let's just talk about Ross Travis real quick because uh, it, it's probably one of those deals where it's it's in our ear right now. It's going to, you know, preseason's going to happen. The regular season's going to happen. We're never going to hear from Ross Travis ever again. So let's just think about it, talk about it while it's fresh. The Arizona Cardinals signed the former Penn State Hooper to a one-year deal. He does have experience in the NFL. He uh, he's the, the Kansas City Chiefs, they were the first one to kind of try this project out. Yeah, he played six games, started three times. He had three catches for 15 yards. He hasn't found the end zone. He was on a pair of teams in 2017 with the Colts and the Chiefs. He was most recently with the Jets. He's 27 years old. You know, you look him up, he's got a really impressive highlight reel. He averaged a, uh, a, uh, a, a what is it, a triple single one season at Penn State. So that's pretty impressive. He's an athletic cat. He's like 6'7", just a couple donuts under 250. And he's got hops to throw down in traffic. I saw a very, uh, he, he had kind of a Jordan-esque, or was it Kobe that went underneath the backboard with Julius Irvin back in the day, Dr. J. Uh, just, uh, you know, it, it's intriguing because the Arizona Cardinals are so thin, especially as playmaking tight ends. If you could bring somebody in just to make plays in the red zone or make plays in traffic, that's what a guy like Ross Travis could potentially bring to the team. Would you rather have Tyler Eifert or Ross Travis? Uh, Would you rather have Trey Burton or Ross Travis? I mean, this is like if it's Jesse James. Like there are guys that aren't good, good tight ends, but they're guys that have had some success. Would you rather Richard Rogers or Ross Travis? Like there are still names out there. It kind of blows my mind that we're still playing this rinkety thing stuff with Steve Kime. I mean, it's like it's yeah, sure, it's a nice story. Who cares? He went undrafted six years ago. There are guys that have played meaningful snaps. If you want a guy that can block and can also go out and catch, pa- catch passes, look at what Richard Rodgers has done. You know, I mean, you have guys that can make impacts and have shown to be able to make impacts. Like, what was it? He was with Philly last year, I think, when Ertz and um, and their other guy, I can't, his name escapes me right now. Dallas Goddard. Um, yeah, went out. He was a target. He was a fantasy football uh, darling for like two or three weeks. Like there are options at a very inexpensive rate to make this roster better. And I don't, they've got cap. They've got money. That's not the issue. Yeah. I mean, it is, it is interesting. I think one of the things, the differences between why Rodgers was effective and made an impact for the Eagles is because they utilized the tight end and their offense. You know, it, Carson Wentz was going to be out there. He was going to throw to the tight end. You knew that. I remember talking to you about Richard Rodgers. You actually, I think, started him in a fantasy league, and it wasn't that bad of a play. I think he had 80 yards wow. in a primetime yeah, game. Eight or nine catches and 80 yards. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, I mean, are, are these going to – there are veteran tight ends available. There's no doubt about it, and there's some guys that I wish the Arizona Cardinals would kick the tires on. But when we look at the veteran cornerback market, when we look at the veteran tight end market, these are guys that are going to wait. They're not going to want to go to OTAs and, and show up early. Like – 
they have the luxury of, of signing a deal and then probably coming in right at training camp. So we're going to see more of these deals with Ross Travis, like we saw with, uh, what was it, uh, Tay Hay- uh, Hayes last week, the cornerback. You're just going to see these guys, they're going to try to crack a roster. They're going to sign because they need the reps in mini camps and OTAs and voluntary workouts that veteran guys don't necessarily need. So you'll just see more of these moves than you'll see, hey, they're going to go make, make the biggest splash that they have left to fill the need at tight end or cornerback at this point in the offseason. Yeah, um, it, but it, bigger picture stuff here. Would you rather have the Cardinals bring it? Well, I mean, it, it's a it's a, a long shot for them to bring in Julio Jones anyway, so that might be a dumb question. I was going to say Julio Jones or, or a Zach Ertz or bring it yeah. or spend some money on a tight end. Um, I mean, corner still wins. So you're right. Like you talked about Steven Nelson. Bill Barnwell uh, projected the, the Cardinals would sign Steven Nelson uh, yesterday. We talked about that. I mean, what's a more glaring need right now? Like, I mean, obviously corner, but w- would tight end be a more glaring need? Pro- I mean, just on paper, mm-hmm. it's a more glaring need. Like the tight end room is barren. Yeah. The cornerback, I mean, at least you have some experience in the cornerback room, not much. But what's the difference and, between and, the tight end position and this year and last year? I mean, was Dart was Dan Arnold really that that you know big see, of a player for the? I mean, I know he made plays, but he wasn't consistent. Like if if you look well, at his name on, he paper, was the second leading receiver. He was the second leading receiver on the team. Now it's different this year. Well, it has to be different this year. What do you mean second? Dan Arnold had too much. What do you mean? He was the second. I think he had the second most receiving yards or close to it. No, like he. Well, he was the number one red zone threat. You know that. He was the number one red zone target for Kyler Murray. Mm. Over DeAndre Hopkins. Just No. <laughs> yeah, we, we talked about it week in and week like out. He looked for Dan Arnold. Family guy. No. No. Yeah, I mean he was okay. Cool he, he made some yeah, he made some plays down the stretch, but and he parlayed that into a contract. I just he was uh, Christian Kirk, I think, was was second on the Cardinals in receiving yards, yeah. and he had six hundred. Because I've pointed out, I mean, the the tight end position, they haven't had a guy over four hundred for a long time. Dan Arnold is, you know, as far as what he did in the Reds, like it's replaceable. That's what I'm saying. Is they they weren't they haven't had. Oh, was, you're right. When was the last time they had anybody? They can they can win, and they've shown to the ability to win without the tight end position being having a star in it. the The cornerback position is more problematic, especially because you've got you've done it yourself. You you've run down the list of murderers row of the wide receiver quarterback combos that they have to face in twenty twenty one. And in the cornerback spot, if you can bring somebody in right now at this point in the offseason, that's going to make an impact. I think that that would be huge for this team. Yeah, no, you're right. It was a 150-yard difference between Christian Kirk and Dan Arnold. But, I mean, if you're – my point is that Dan Arnold had too much pressure on him to perform for a large chunk of last season when Christian Kirk would disappear. And if you could prove to me that you want to utilize the tight end, I could say that bringing a tight end would be equally as important as a corner. I I, I completely understand what the wide receivers that are coming in. Obviously, we've we've talked about that since, since the schedule was, re- was released, since the opponents were released. But if you can, if they figure out a way to utilize a tight end, because the Cardinals haven't won at all. So maybe utilize a tight end. Maybe that's something that you can do in an effort to get over the top. I would say bring in a tight, like Trey Burton is a talented guy. 
for not that high of a sticker price. I mean, obviously, Zach Ertz is the bell of the ball right now, numbers-wise, money-wise. But I think that it would be neck and neck at this point to bring in a tight end. I mean, it would be cheaper than a wide receiver, even though I'd love for them to trade for Julio Jones, obviously. Um, but I think it's close with the, with the cornerback room right now. Yeah, I just I I think it's it's two completely different conversations. One is like you're trying to just find what's left on the market, what's available, and what if it's a trade for a tight end, it's a late round draft pick, and or you're just picking up guys like Steven Nelson off the free agent heap, and then are you going to be aggressive and your are you going to trade for a guy like Julio Jones, which would be, you know, considerably it would cost a lot more. Than, than these other guys we're talking about. It's Locked On Cardinals, part of your Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day is Cliff Kingsbury going to be fired next season. What it would look like and what are the odds? We'll get into it. It's all coming up. It's Locked On Cardinals, part of your Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Follow us on Twitter at Clancy's Corner, at Bob Rack. If you're still sleeping on Built Bar, I, I don't know what your problem is. I really don't. It's the best tasting protein bar ever. There's no doubt about it. I don't want to lecture you. I just want to celebrate the deliciousness that is Built Bar. It's where healthy and tasty, those worlds collide. Built Bar has nine delicious flavors. With the occasional limited time flavor, they just brought back birthday cake with sprinkles. It's in, it's out. And hopefully it comes back soon. But you can always rely upon their nine delicious flavors. Coconut, coconut, almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. If you're still on the fence, I highly recommend you go to BuiltBar.com. You get yourself a mix box and you get two of each of the nine flavors and figure out which ones are your favorite so you can order them accordingly so. But the Built Bar flavors, they're not just the best tasting, they're healthy too. Most flavors have 17 grams of protein. Only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 4 grams of net carbs. Right now, go to BuiltBar.com. Get that mix box like I told you to do so. Use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. So our guy Jamie Eisner, former Valley, or Valley native, I think he's living in Chicago these days, but he uh, tweeted this out, the odds from our friends over at BetOnline.ag. The first coach to be fired... This NFL season, the top favorite is Mike McCarthy of, uh, of course, the Dallas so Cowboys. Unfair. Why? Why? Everybody got hurt last year. Your quarterback goes down with a shattered leg. What the hell are you supposed to do? They were, what are you supposed to do? Well, they were still, they had one win under their belt, I think, at that point. Yeah. And the defense was atrocious because they let everybody walk. But as far as Mike McCarthy, I think he's a trash head coach. I do. Like, I, you can't, like, he, he was, when they walked him out at uh, in Green Bay after Josh Rosen and Chase Edmonds beat them in, in, in Green Bay a couple of years ago, like, it was way overdue. Like, as far as a play caller, it was, things were just stagnant as far as Mike McCarthy. Like, he had just completely declined since their Super Bowl victory in the early 2000, what was it, 2011? Um, but it was just a... So Mike McCarthy, I don't know. I just, I there can't be a lot of belief in that. I mean, he lost the locker room with the Packers, and I think I I wouldn't be surprised if he lost the locker room soon with the Cowboys if they get off to a bad start. So McCarthy's plus seven fifty. Then you have Vic Fangio, who's been had a couple tough years in Denver. They still don't have a quarterback. I don't know what's it's the it, it is the definition of insanity. There, it's like oh well, we've got this playoff ready roster. All we do is lack the most important position in all of sports. Still have that problem. Vic Fangio, I get it, plus 800. Matt Nagy, uh, he's made the playoffs the last two out of the three years. I'd, because I'm an outsider, 
to the Chicago sports market, I don't understand the hate for Matt Nagy. I mean, I understand that the play calling has fallen off. He's, he had to deal with Nick Foles. He had to deal with Mitchell Trubisky as your quarterback. I mean, it's the same as Fangio. When he gets good quarterback play, that team plays well. But I understand that you know th- there is people that are banging the table for Nagy to be out. John Gruden, who signed a 10-year, $100 million deal, somehow is 10-1. to 1. Mike Zimmer is 11-1. I understand that. And then right behind Mike Zimmer and somehow sandwiched between Zimmer and Zach Taylor, who should be a lot higher in this list, in my opinion, Zach Taylor, who hasn't won anything in Cincinnati, decided to drop Joe Burrow back like every play with no offensive line. He's somehow below Cliff Kingsbury as far as favorites to be fired. Cliff Kingsbury is 12-1. to So if you're looking at it, Cliff Kingsbury as far as favorites, is the same type of favorite that Kyler Murray is to win NFL MVP to be the first coach fired in 2021. I mean, I take those odds. <laughs> I mean, no. The first one. I don't know. The I mean, first listen. one. When have the Arizona Cardinals, uh, spe- they haven't under Steve Kime, but when, when have they been the first organization to fire somebody? It seems like Bidwell, if you just look at the organization, like they are very conservative as far as that's concerned. I mean, something with yeah. And how's would, how's that record from since I moved to Phoenix? How's everything going with the Bidwells well, with, with their decision making? Well, since Michael the took issue, over, it's significantly better. Yeah, I mean, the issue, the issue, right? But the issue with this is odds aside, if the Cardinals start two and five, that should be a wrap, shouldn't it? Like, I mean, how many weeks into a season can a te- can a, a head coach get fired? It can't be like three, right? You know, like Matt Nagy, if the Bears start zero and three, which they probably won't. Four, you start one and three, you get canned. Like I, I don't, I don't think Cliff has that short of a leash. So I say it somewhat tongue in cheek with the twelve to one, but I don't know. I mean, you're probably right. I mean, Cliff probably won't get fired for better or worse. Hopefully, the Cardinals will have a good enough record to where this isn't going to be an issue. But uh, do you think he should be higher? Do you think he should be lower on this list? I just, I understand like what Bet Online is doing. It's trying to invoke people betting, right? And. and you look at those odds and you're like, okay, yeah, Cliff Kingsbury, clearly his seat, it's warm. It's justifiably warm. The skepticism, I understand that as well. But for him to be, things would have, it would have to be catastrophically bad. Everything's would have to go horribly wrong for the Arizona Cardinals for him to be the first guy out the door in the NFL. Like, we're talking 0 5, 0 5, 6. The offense is completely rudderless, no direction. A.J. Green is a bust. Kyler Murray has taken a step back. DeAndre Hopkins can't get the ball or the targets. The running back, the running game is non-existent. Like that, that's the doom. That's a doomsday scenario. And I don't care who you are. Like, if you root for that, you gotta think. You gotta look at yourself and say, "Am, am I really a Cardinals fan? Is that really like because this? Right. That's the type of start. Like, look. Yes, it would be addition by subtraction that you're getting Cliff Kingsbury out. But that type of start would negatively impact Kyler Murray's career going forward that would be tough to come back from. For sure. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I mean, injuries is another thing. Like, the Cardinals have been pretty lucky uh, with injuries. Chandler Jones going out last year obviously wasn't great. And Kyler Murray being hobbled the Week 17 obviously was the final nail in the proverbial coffin to the yeah. 2020 season. But they've been fairly lucky. Uh, regarding injuries so far too during during Cliff's tenure. Yeah, no, they have. Yeah, I mean they lost Chandler Jones, but uh, you know they were able yeah. to supplement the pass rush uh, pretty well mm-hmm. last year. 
Um, but here's the here's the one thing. Final thought on this: the fact that Cliff Kingsbury's in the discussion, it just goes to show like what the perception is of the Cardinals, where they where the national uh, opinion is of where they should be, and if they fall short, then he's, he and rightfully show he he should be on the hot seat. But at the same token, if they come out of the gates in year three, if they if they come out of the gates hot again. And they're in the discussion for the NFC West, and the, the offense is the top a lot of the stat, statistical categories. He's going to get a lot of uh, credit for that. So he can go a lot of different directions. So I'm going to maintain like the jury still remains out. It's going to be a marathon, 17 games of the season. It's going to that's going to be part of the discussion after year three with Cliff Kingsbury. Is, is does he have the ability to do it down the stretch of a, of a full NFL season? Because so far through two, he hasn't shown that he's been able to. It's Locked On Cardinals, part of your Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. couple cut candidates, plus we're going to get into the discussion. We'll actually put a button on this Julio Jones talk. We really won't. We're probably going to be talking about this until he gets dealt, but we're going to talk some more about it. It's coming up. It's Bo, it's Alex. It was a rough loss for the Suns last night at home as the Lakers even the series at one game apiece. It's a best of seven. The series can continue in LA and bet online, the wise guys, they like the Lake Show again. Six and a half point home favorites. You like the Suns to at least cover that spread? You, you know better than they do? Well, get in on the action. Bet online is the fastest, easy way to do so for all your sports action. Get all the latest news, odds, and info on your sporting needs, including Major League Baseball, NBA, NHL, and all the UFC MMA action for the next pitch or tipped ball. Head over to Bet Online on your laptop, your cell, and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get in the game as your team makes its playoff run. Head to the website, use your mobile device, sign up today. Receive your 50% welcome bonus using the promo code Locked On on your first deposit. Bet online. Your online sportsbook experts promo code Locked On gets you a 50% welcome bonus. So I was reading this uh, cut candidate trade um, article from Revenge of the Birds. Our guy Andy he put it out there, and it's a really talented uh, young writer for the, covers the Arizona Cardinals, and he had six moves for the Arizona Cardinals, and, and two were cuts. I believe, actually, maybe it was just one cut. Yeah, one cut was Devon Kennard, and the rest were deals. Devon Kennard is a guy that we haven't heard from forever. I mean, what is the deal with with Devon Kennard? Do we, are, are we going to expect him to get pass rush reps in 2021 if he makes this roster? I don't know, man. I mean, it's uh, it, it, it was been a weird journey for him, so... What was it? So they were going to, the lines were going to extend them and then they cut them. Mm-hmm. And it was pretty much bingo bango, like really quick back to back. The Cardinals bring him in for a pretty team friendly deal. He's got ties here. His dad used to play here and he played. His dad was a Hall of Fame or a uh, Super Bowl champion with the Cowboys, I believe. And we saw flashes from him early, like we saw flashes from from Devondre Campbell when this team desperately needed a pass rush. And then he got injured. He's kind of been been buried when Hassan Reddick went nuts last year. So I don't know. I mean, that would be the most emotionless cut from a dude you brought in a year ago that I've seen in recent memory where a guy that was supposed to make some sort of an impact. Uh, the knock on him was, what, in 2019, playing for the Lions, he had he had six sacks and three of them were in the week against the Cardinals. Is that stat right? In week one in 2019, I believe that's the stat or somewhere close to it. So he showed flashes, but um, 
I mean, it might be Sayonara DK at this point. Yeah, according to Andy, it's gonna the Cardinals would save over six point six three million dollars. So yeah. if they were so they signed Tay Gowan, they signed uh Victor uh Dumakeji yesterday, some late mm-hmm. draft picks. And if when once they sign their first two picks in the draft in Zaven Collins and the wide receiver Rondell Moore, it's gonna be they're gonna have about ten million dollars in cap space. So, you know, Steven Nelson, a tight end, pull off a deal for Julio Jones. You're going to need more money. I haven't heard anything, even in a rotational role for Devon Conard. It just seems like if you save right around, you know, over six and a half million dollars, it seems like that's, you, you cut him. I, I, don't, I don't understand why you even keep him around. I, if you have that type of cap savings and you can give yourself post signing all your draft picks and the ability to add on from here on forward, it seems like it's a, that, that's the slam dunk move. I don't know. I mean, I just no. It is. It, he doesn't seem like it a is. guy that you, that you, you would hoard. That you, you've got. Oh well, you can't touch my precious pass rushers. You, you. That's a strength already. You know, I think you could find equal, if not better, production elsewhere. All right, let's uh, let's just wrap up this Julio Jones for today. Dessert. This, yeah, this vert. Yeah, let's get it. <laughs> so the latest on Julio Jones is we're kind of we had the pop yesterday, the Shannon Sharp conversation. We had the. Uh, who dropped into his DMs? Yeah, it was AJ Brown, I think, from the Tennessee Titans. Yeah. Did a video mess yeah. or audio message into Julio Jones's. How is this not tampering? How is that like what Julio, like DeAndre Hopkins? How is this not like tampering at all? Like, how are we not seeing these guys getting, uh, you know, fined or anything for this? I don't know. I mean, it's not Adam Silver, I guess. <laughs> so you know, it's not Magic on the Tonight Show talking about Giannis, right? The uh, the Arizona Cardinals they have one bullet left in the chamber to use a bad analogy uh that the other nfc west teams don't have it's a first round pick you're on record alex i mean if if it's a if it's just a first and then you're taking on the salary which we've we've talked about it's not that crazy um you just pull the trigger right you just if it's a first in a, a fifth or something i don't know if if it's a first and then maybe a, a, a day three pick I think it, the job for Steve Kime becomes easy. Then you, then you, the, the p- toughest part is restructuring DeAndre Hopkins, keeping him ha- happy, and but you're bringing on, you know, this the playmaking option that you've been seeking all offseason long. For sure. I mean, it looks like because there have been reports out that they want a first and a second, whatever they need to be drug tested over there if they think that's going to happen. <laughs> but it, it's going to come down to if the Cardinals say the Cardinals do trade for him, they're probably going to win ten games. Which will put them in the playoffs. That'll put them in the you know mid twenties, you know low to mid twenties. Is that a good enough pick for the for the Falcons? Would the Falcons rather have a second and a third? Right. I don't know. I mean, maybe you can get a second and a third from a bad team where it's going to be a a high second round pick, which would only be a ten or twelve pick difference, whatever, from what the Cardinals could offer, and then you get a third as well. Would that be more? Would would a player have to be involved? Do they want Christian Kirk and a first overall and a number one pick? I mean, we don't know. But, again, it's the Arizona Cardinals tax. This is what the Cardinals have to do until they become a relevant team perennially, is overpay. And this is the penance they have to pay for fleecing Houston for DeAndre Hopkins. It just makes sense. Like, you know what? You had to give up a first for him, maybe give up a second for Julio. You flippy-floppy, it's the same thing. So, uh, yeah, I'm 100%. Just who cares? If it's not going to work, explode it. 
If it's not going to work, make it a magical explosion of terribleness at this point. I mean, just go for it. The only thing, I mean, the only thing that would bother me is if if they go out and they don't make the move, and then San Francisco gets them for a second round yeah. pick. I mean, because they're what are they? What third or fourth on that list of odds? San Francisco's right around yeah. a third or fourth behind uh, Baltimore and New England and Tennessee. I think in in no particular order, those three were the top three. Yeah, I think San Francisco was fourth on that list odds. And and we've said it. I mean, they don't have a guy, a wide receiver that can run all the routes on the route tree. They don't. They've got yak guys. They've got guys that you can get the ball behind the line of scrimmage. You know, just little shovel passes, little three, four, five, six yard, you know, pass and catch plays, and then they make the rest of the moves with their legs. Julio Jones is a legit threat, deep threat, something that San Francisco lacked last year where they struggled in the pass game, where they will continue to struggle unless they get somebody who can stretch the field like Julio Jones. Um, you, that would be a nightmare scenario. So if you're sitting here, and like I said, you're, you've are you got most of your draft picks, you did send one to Baltimore in exchange for the uh, – the the rights to trade up and make the deal for Marco Wilson, but that's probably not a a, a draft pick that you're really going to incorporate in this deal. You got to look at the Stefan Diggs deal because that's the more realistic deal for a wide receiver one. Don't look at the DeAndre Hopkins one because that's highway robbery. That's yeah. I mean, you got to think it's somewhere in the middle because it's. I mean, Stefan Diggs is still he was very 26. much in his prime. Yeah, you yeah. know, would they get a first, third, and fifth? It was yeah. something like that. Um, yeah, it, like, I think OBJ was right around the same, but th- those days are gone. Like, Amari Cooper getting traded for a first-round pick is a complete anomaly. You're looking at a 32-year-old wide receiver who has hamstring issues, who's questionable every single week. And the fact that he was shut down, I think, for the last four games of last year, that could have been because they're terrible. Yeah, I mean, that it, maybe, maybe he would have been able to play if he were on a contender. And, Bo, you're right. We talk about the list of wide receiver ones Cardinals going to be playing in 2021. The 49ers games, those are the reprieves right now. <laughs> those are the games. Yes, you have George Kittle, but it'll take a village to bring that dude down regardless. <laughs> if you put George Kittle and Julio Jones on the same field with that defense and that offensive line and that run game, regardless of who's quarterback, they're going to win the NFC West. I think they're, I mean, they're one big receiver away from actually being a an above- average offense. I mean, their run game is top five in the league. It just is. That's the scheme. It doesn't matter who it is. Yeah. So again, if the Cardinals trade for him, as you mentioned, not only will it be good for the Cardinals that they got him, but it'll be great that the San Francisco 49ers didn't get into the club, get into the, we already used our 2022 first round pick club. It's very exclusive. (laughs) It's the NFC West. You want to keep up with the Joneses? You got to be aggressive. I know it's, I mean, you look for value but, you know, Julio Jones could be a bad season away from being available on a $6 million deal just like A.J. Green was. I mean, he was available for no draft picks, and it was just uh, paying, the, you know, it's not that, it's not great. You're not breaking the bank. So it, it is, there is some cautionary tales there as well. It's Lockdown Cardinals, part of your Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. It's been fun. We've got uh, our Throwdown Thursday going down tomorrow. Make sure you're following along on Twitter at LockdownAZCards, at Clancy's Corner, and at B-O-B-R-A-C-K. We'll talk to you on Thursday.